from Manhattan Associates, this is Nucleus of Innovation, the retail and supply chain podcast where we tackle some of the most important topics in the industry and learn how leaders are managing their supply chain challenges every day. I'm your host, Chris Shaw. Over the past 30 years, there's been a significant shift in the way warehouses are leveraged within the supply chain. Once used primarily for retail replenishment, today's leading distribution centers are hives of efficiency, servicing wholesale, retail, and direct-to-consumer fulfillment simultaneously. They are brimming with machine learning intelligence and robotic automation as well, mostly focused on increasing utilization of those resources and reducing cost. But what about change? What about adaptation? The novel coronavirus pandemic in 2020 has recast the way we define success in the distribution center, highlighting the need for agility above almost all else, even total cost reduction. The ability for organizations to dynamically change a facility from a retail replenishment to a direct-to-consumer in hours instead of weeks or months. The capability of scaling automation to handle reduced human capacity due to social distancing. But disruption doesn't always come in the form of a global health scare. Every organization encounters micro-disruptions continuously, constantly throwing off the efficiency and performance of the supply chain. Today, I'm joined by Clint Reiser, the Director of Supply Chain Research for ARC Advisory Group, to talk about agility and why it is so critical today and in the future for distribution and supply chain organizations, and what the future has in store for the warehouse. Thanks for joining the podcast, Clint. Thank you for having me, Chris. It, uh, it indeed is an exciting time in warehousing and distribution and, and outside of warehousing and distribution as well. Now, Clint, ARC recently conducted a survey that showed warehouse practitioners continue to strive for ongoing efficiency improvements, but also have an increased need for agility and responsiveness in the warehouse. Can you elaborate on why agility has become perhaps the most important characteristic in a modern warehouse? So, Chris, I think there's really a number of reasons why agility has become more and more important. Um, And really, agility is important across a number of dimensions. Um, On an intraday basis, uh, the the growth, the ongoing growth of e-commerce and direct-to-consumer fulfillment and the critical role of fulfillment now within the overall customer experience, now that sort of the, 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 the touch of a retail store is being taken out of the, um, out of the value chain, it has required warehouse operations to be a lot more agile and flexible to sort of shift from, from the way that they conduct their operations to obtain the highest levels of productivity to be able to also meet the cutoff times and service level agreements that are so important in direct consumer fulfillment. Then across the warehouse, um, there's a broader range of fulfillment channels that need to be um, supported. Okay, so not only do you have your workers in your operations supporting direct consumer, they're also replenishing retail locations. They're also replenishing um, downstream warehouses. Um, in addition to this, the competition that's occurred, again, you know, a lot of people point to the Amazon effect, but I'm sure that there's a lot of knock, knock-on causes for that as well. Generally, uh, falling under the com- competition umbrella is that organizations are required to handle and to hold a broader range of SKUs. And with this, what they refer to as SKU pro- proliferation, 
that requires warehouse operations to handle a broader range of items to manage their inventory their inventory more selectively and in in effect that also increases the material handling unit variability so because of all of these pressures really what you see is warehouses need to be able to adapt more readily uh, for productivity gains, for responsiveness, and for cost control. Now, even before anyone had ever heard of COVID-19, some of what you're talking about, we had already been seeing, right? The transformation in the distribution center. Maybe it got accelerated in the aura of the pandemic, but the rise of e-commerce and direct-to-consumer, they were already accelerating the need for the warehouse to do more than just wave-based retail store replenishment, right? Right, right. So what are some of the emerging technologies that you see that create an opportunity for agility and will start to form the makeup of a distribution center as we go forward in the future? Well, first, let's talk about the uh, trajectory and sort of what we have seen occurring over the last six months due to the pandemic. Okay, so just looking at the U.S. and we'll look at some some official statistics. Okay, the U.S. Census Bureau statistics showed that E-commerce retail sales over the last five years have been growing at about 15% per year, okay? Whereas total retail sales, of which, you know, e-commerce is a portion, has been growing at less than 4% per year. So it shows you the shift is occur- has been occurring rapidly, okay? Because that, that 15% per year is compounding, okay? Now, when you look when you look at the results of the survey that ARC did with end users, even before the pandemic, uh, a large percentage of respondents showed that they expect direct consumer and drop ship to increase extensively over the next three years, predominantly direct to consumer, but also drop ship fulfillment. Now, when you look at what has occurred since we collected those responses and since the the, uh, COVID-19 pandemic became a reality that we all had to deal with. Um, Looking at the U.S. Census Bureau statistics again, the second quarter of 2020, e-commerce sales increased 37% from the first quarter of 2020. And if you look at Q2 2020 compared to Q2 2019, e-commerce sales increased 44.5%. So, the rate of change has accelerated drastically. So I think that that companies are going to have to um, speed up their investments in their process changes to support this accelerated shift from from traditional retail locations to e-commerce fulfillment. And you can see that in some of the the unofficial statistics that are coming out that are stated by by some companies um, in the press on a daily basis. Now, looking at the technologies, as you stated, that are going to be supporting, you know, supporting this this uh, this rapid change, I think you know th- there's really a number of technologies that can that can enable these uh, these changes in warehouse operations. But whenever I speak with uh, systems providers, whether it be WMS software providers, whether it be you know warehouse automation system providers that offer the hardware, the software, and the services. They consistently point to the fact that software intelligence within, whether it be their warehouse control system, whether you speak with um, with a provider that uh, of of uh, autonomous mobile robotics, they say that the software is really the sustainable competitive advantage that they offer. Okay, and whether it be how they orchestrate the tasks, 
how they how they um, organize the work in other forms of optimization optimization tend to be considered, you know, sort of the the source, the secret sauce, if you will, to what these technologies are providing to the end user. Right. So intelligence. Uh, let's start with that one, uh, which you just mentioned. So. Uh, here at Manhattan Associates, we're big believers in machine learning as a strategic advantage for supply chain leaders. How do you see technology like AI and a subset of AI like machine learning changing the supply chain and the DC in particular? What, what is it going to enable us to do or what is it enabling us to do that really couldn't do before? So I, I see machine learning as, as, a, as a very uh, valuable technology that can be applied to 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 other broader technologies within the warehouse. And, and I also see it as a great tool for, for sort of extracting knowledge from large data sets that, that will provide you know, an operation with insights on how to address um, a particular activity in, in a consistently changing environment. Uh, so I guess one example that I'll, that I'll call out is is Manhattan Associates' use of machine learning for its task task release engine in order streaming, right? The machine learning helps identify the characteristics or the factors that sort of influence task time completion in a given set of circumstances that are that are constantly changing. So, so it's not just simply running a regression analysis that would tell you, you know, what your estimated estimated time completion um, will be. Given you know, given some 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 um, some variables that you, giving some some um, numbers that you put into the into a formula, it will actual actually tell you sort of what those those independent variables are that um, that will drive you know task time completion given a certain situation. And um, you know, I see machine learning also very applicable to to the robotic robotic uh, piece picking applications, whereas you know the the large volume of data is is you know is captured, and the machine learning can look at the given you know the given set of circumstances once again, whether it be grasping an item, and and based on the large volume of prior attempts, it can it can. It can provide the the uh, an ideal you know approach, we'll say, to to increase the probability of of um, of a completed attempt for for picking uh, you know picking a wide variety of items. Right, and and that real world nature of the machine learning also allows us right to optimize every resource. So the idea that because it's constantly learning and constantly adjusting, constantly making changes. It's maximizing our utilization across the resources of which uh, robotics is becoming a bigger and bigger one. You mentioned it there a second ago uh, during 2018, 2019, it seemed like, you know, new warehouse robotics firms were showing up every week. Uh, you know, in Manhattan here, we work with a number of great robotics organizations, but what have you seen when it comes to the use of robotics in the DC and what will the warehouse of the future look like when it comes to robotics? Do you expect to see fully automated facilities or just human augmentation or some combination of both, perhaps? So I actually see robotics across the spectrum of warehouses, whether they be, you know, like you said, lights out warehouses or in a more collaborative environment. In fact, most of the technologies that I find most exciting have really been in, in collaborative settings, okay, such as the collaborative autonomous robotics or item picking robotics that work closely with um, with manual labor. 
Um, but you know, you also see some 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 very interesting technology in in palletizing and depalletizing. Uh, and, you know, in some of those those hybrid shuttle systems slash robotic systems, you know, are, are very compelling as well. Some of those solutions that, that are being, you know, very often touted as as useful for uh, for micro fulfillment centers. So, you know, so I see I see the role of robotics across the spectrum of warehouse operations. I see them being applied more and more in the future. Yeah, I, th- I think that augmentation thing is interesting. Um, MIT professor Eric Brynjolfsson once said, something to the effect of racing with the machine is better than racing against the machine. And I think we see that a lot uh, as, as human and robotic interactions become more and more prevalent. Now, a third technology that's not new from a technology standpoint, but is certainly newer when it comes to the warehouse is the cloud. Now, it's no secret. We've made a big deal here lately at Manhattan about uh, a cloud native warehouse management and how we believe that's the future. But I'd love to hear what ARC has seen in the industry around the evolution to cloud-based WMS systems or distribution and transportation systems, whether you predict a warehouse of the future may live entirely in the cloud. So first of all, I'd say that at ARC, we conduct research on a number of of, of different um, logistics and supply chain application types. And WMS has definitely been a laggard as far as uh, moving from, we'll say, on-premise perpetual licensing to cloud-based subscriptions, okay? And there's there was a number of reasons for that. Uh, one was was the fact that, you know, WMS is a, is a mission-critical application. Uh, organizations want have historically uh, looked to adapt their technology to their operations and not the other way around. Right. So there was a lot of customization. There was a lot of, of fitting the technology to processes that that companies had in place that they they felt were very important to the to the, um, you know, to, to the to the business um, going forward. But now what we're seeing is a lot of cloud technologies have really matured. Right. Um, and they become much more easily extensible. The total cost of ownership. Um, value proposition is great for for cloud computing and for for applications in the cloud um, it's really become advanced infrastructure infrastructure that enables you know high levels of availability seamless patching and updates and it can scale um, it can scale to computing requirements very quickly so there's a number of reasons why organizations um, are becoming more and more interested in, in putting their WMS in the cloud and uh, another reason is, you know, is back in the day, uh, companies were concerned about security in the cloud. Now, many companies believe that security is much better in a cloud application than if they hosted it in their own site. So there's really a number of reasons why, why uh, cloud computing has matured and has become, um, it's really, I think eventually it will become, it will become the predominant choice. I just think it's a matter of when. Yeah, I think the, the benefits versus risks that you mentioned, some of you mentioned there, have really started to shift over the past couple of years. And one of the things that we're so excited about is that access to innovation. The idea that I'm no longer going to wait three to five years to upgrade to the next version so I can get some new feature or capability, but instead, every three months or every couple of months, I'm getting new features that are coming out and made available to me. And I really think that has become one of the the major differentiators for people considering moving to the cloud beyond just the performance improvements and some of the security improvements you talked about. So one of the things that I 
one other concept I'd like to talk about here is the idea of unification in the supply chain. It's something else that Manhattan has been talking about, but you know, not unexpectedly, right? Over the last 30 years, as WMS systems have expanded in scope, capabilities get added, but often they are just that. They're added on. They're not intrinsically connected. They weren't designed to work in conjunction with each other. And so over time, it leads to some significant inefficiencies. But as the world of retail distribution and supply chain change, and that agility we talked about in the beginning reigns supreme, are there benefits of looking at collapsing the distance between supply chain functions and systems is, is as the world and our supply chains become smaller, do our systems benefit from becoming better connected and smaller and, and closer in proximity to each other digitally? Right. So I think that, I think that the concepts fit together well in the sense that from a legacy perspective, um, changes work, changes were occurring in operations that were disparate from each other. It could have been wholesale fulfillment or, or, or wholesale replenishment. It could have been retail replenishment. It could have been direct to consumer. And they were sort of evolving on their own, right? So you'd have particular operations that were looking to get some specific capabilities added to their existing you know, workflows, right? And what happened out in, in, in the world of operations is, as we stated earlier, the concept of the omni-channel warehouse became more and more prevalent, right? So not only are you just sharing the same warehouse space now, right? You you want to be able to share processes, okay? And then you want to be able to share resources, whether it be labor or or um, you know or or inventory, right? And what's happened is now it makes sense to break down some of these barriers in both your operations as well as your technology that can help you support those operations and drive those operations to greater productivity and greater you know, effectiveness, however that may be measured, right? So I think that there's really a couple of things that you can look at. Um, you know, at the planning level, when you look at, you know, even outside of WMS, let's say you look at, at inventory optimization applications, applications or manufacturing planning app applications right whenever you look at any linear programming type of type of a, of a solution you can you can optimize locally you can try to optimize more holistically right and the the greater number of variables that you add you have a greater number of constraints but you also have a gr a, a greater sort of threshold of 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 productivity that you can accomplish right so i think that that's that's what's what's happening right now when you increase the awareness of of requirements of capacities of capabilities it becomes a lot more complex but it also opens up the opportunity for greater productivity and greater greater achieving achieving the goal that you set forth right the objective function and then i think when you also look at at sort of you know where the rubber meets, meets the road and you have the workers picking items, when you combine orders from various channels, okay, sort of, you know, you have, an, you have a, a worker going through picking, picking a direct-to-consumer fulfillment and maybe they'll pick, up, they'll pick up a case for someone else in another part of the warehouse that they can, you know, break, break that case and fulfill orders for another channel or another customer. If you can add those types of tasks together, 
in an efficient way without increasing walking time or 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 calling on another another worker or another resource that enables you to to bring together you know the the, the often competing goals of efficiency and productivity on one hand and and you know responsiveness on the other if you see the availability of a resource that can handle something that you would not have otherwise known about that enables you to to again you know meet those two competing goals at the same time so as they would say it opens up the degrees of freedom for your operation and, and it can really deliver uh, some some substantial uh, productivity benefits to operations if done properly yeah, absolutely. I think exactly what you're describing is what we started out with, agility. I think the days of duplicating processes and inventory and even systems just because you're fulfilling to a different channel or a different product type, that has to be over, right? That's the opposite of agility. All right, Clint, uh, that's all the time we have for today's episode, but I want to thank you so much for joining us and helping us understand what the warehouse of the future might look like. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me, Chris. 